Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by our newest patrons, Amanda E. and Rachel W., Join Amanda, Rachel, and the rest of the patron gang in supporting the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman Podcast on Patreon. With your financial support of the Rural Woman Podcast, you ensure the stories that have inspired you, motivated you to try something different on your farm, ranch, or homestead, or heck, even just made you a little misty, continue to be shared through your earbuds each and every week. Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com and learn more about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you'll meet Naomi DeRyder, who is a first-generation dairy farmer and the modern milkmaid at Birdsong Farm, where she raises registered Jersey cows and teaches cheesemaking classes. Naomi was 14 when she got her first cow, a Jersey cross named Blossom, and she fell head over hooves in love with her. Naomi's experience in the dairy industry has included managing a small dairy farm, working in a cheesemaking plant alongside some award-winning cheesemakers, and being a licensed milk hauler. In 2018, Naomi married her husband, Ben, a third-generation Holstein farmer, and they currently live on his family's farm in Armstrong, B.C., where Naomi works part-time with a specialty in calf raising while continuing to grow her business. You guys are going to love this episode with Naomi. You guys have heard all month long that Naomi is offering you guys 10% off of her cheese making classes too. So make sure you stay tuned to later in this episode uh, to get that special promo code. And you guys are just going to be so excited to make cheese after you hear all of the awesome tips and wonderful experience that Naomi has for you. It's going to be another great episode in June Dairy Month. But before we get to today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, I say gentlemen because I know there are a few of you out there. (laughs) We are getting closer and closer to my 30th birthday wish of having my patrons match my age. We are 17 days away to be exact, but who is counting? (laughs) With the addition of the wonderful Amanda and the lovely Rachel, we are up to 23 patrons. And as much fun as 23 was, I don't know if my body could handle that age again. So my ask of you is if you have been listening to the Rural Woman podcast for a really long time and you keep coming back week after week to hear the amazing stories of women in agriculture, please consider making all of my birthday dreams come true and join the rest of the patron gang over on Patreon and support the Rural Woman podcast. You can head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more about the different tiers and the perks that come along with being a patron, as well as you can always send me an email at hello at wildrosefarmer.com if you have any questions about it. I'm always here to chat with you, my lovely, lovely listeners. And without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Naomi. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm doing well. So nice to be here. I am so excited to talk to you. Happy June Dairy Month, Naomi. 
Thank you. I'm really excited too because uh, June Dairy Month is also my, it'll be my 17th anniversary of owning cows. So it's extra special for me. That is amazing. And I am so excited to share your story here on the Rural Woman Podcast. And I have to tell you that you are my second Canadian dairy farmer that I've had the privilege to have on the show. So I am just a little bit extra excited to interview you. (laughs) That's awesome. So for the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us a brief description of who you are and where you're from. So I'm Naomi D. Ryder, and I'm the modern milkmaid at Birdsong Farm, currently in Armstrong, British Columbia. I have lived here for two years now. Birdsong Farm initially started out in the next community over in Enderby, which was where I grew up with my family for over half of my life. Naomi, take us all the way back and tell us how you got your start in agriculture 17 years ago. Um, My start in agriculture actually started a little bit before then. I was born in the city, and my family moved to the country when I was four years old. We had a small hobby farm with some goats and some chickens, and that's where I first learned how to milk with our goat buttercup. I'm the oldest of nine children. So we decided that we had outgrown the goats and it was time to get a dairy cow. And because I was the oldest, it became my job to take care of the cow and milk her. So Blossom arrived June 2003 and I immediately fell head over hooves in love with her and just loved taking care of cows. And that is where my love of cattle and or dairy cattle and farming started. Okay, we have to backtrack here a little bit. You are the oldest of nine children. That is a lot of children. That is a lot of siblings. (laughs) God bless your parents. It is a lot. (laughs) So tell me what it was like being born in the city and then kind of being transplanted onto this acreage outside of the city. What was that like for you as a young child? I don't remember a whole lot of the city. I have a few memories of it. I remember when my parents were building our house, we were actually tenting on the property. At the time, I mostly remember the times when I did things I wasn't supposed to, like when I was supposed to be sleeping and instead was playing in the tent while my parents were working. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so things like that. And I just, I remember spending time with the animals. We have pictures in our photo albums. I would go outside every chance I got and hang out with the goats. There's one picture that always comes to mind. And I was sitting on a stump in the goat pen with a goat kid on my lap, wrapped up in my sweater. I guess I felt he needed a bit more warmth than I did. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That is so adorable. And that is so great. So tell me, do you remember when you initially got Blossom and what your initial reaction to having this rather large cow is because I can imagine that going from milking a goat to milking a cow was a bit of a transition. It was. My very first, like, I knew she was coming. She actually came from a friend of ours um, in Haida Gwaii, and it was nighttime by the time my dad got back home, and I remember my mom woke me up, and I went out to the barn, and she was so huge. She was only nine months old, so I laugh now because a nine-month-old Jersey heifer is not very big compared to a full-grown Jersey cow or even Holstein, and I was terrified of her. <laughs> I still vividly remember hanging on to the, like, clinging on to the gate, white knuckles on the outside of the pen, and too scared to go inside with her. Right. And now I just walk up to the cow. If it's in my way, I just go give her a shove and <laughs> <laughs> move her out of the way. <laughs> now it is just second nature to you to be around these large cows, so that's wonderful. It is. 
But I also, like, if people come and visit and they're terrified of the cow, I remember. It's like, yes, I completely understand because I've been there. Right, exactly. What a good learning experience to share with others. Yes. If you are familiar with those families who are overly affectionate, overshare, and are completely entertained by their own shenanigans, then say hello to Nicole, Morgan, and Megan from the Laura Lynette Shop. The Laura Lynette Shop is an agriculture-inspired shirt shop that began in February of 2018 by three sisters from Michigan. The business is a combination of their middle names and a commitment to put family first no matter what life throws at them. Every item from Laura Lynette Shop is made by hand from the girls and their mom. Each design is unique to their style and every decal is pressed individually at time of order. The ladies want you to know that their hearts go out to everyone in agriculture during this time of uncertainty. They want you to know that your story is important, your hard work is noticed, and you are so very important to our world. Head to today's show notes for the link to lauralynetteshop.com. The ladies have also provided the listeners of the Rural Women Podcast a special gift of savings. Listeners will receive 15% off their purchase by using promo code WILDROSE15. And don't forget to check out and stay connected with Laura Lynette Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Happy shopping, friends! So take us from where you started with Blossom down the path of the dairy industry that you have been a part of for the last 17 years of your life. Okay. So when Blossom had her first calf in 2004, it took a while since she wasn't milking when we got her. And she produced lots of milk, more milk than our family needed for fresh drinking, even with well, 11 of us, if you count my parents. So I started making some cheese and I wanted to expand out into some hard cheeses. I can't remember the year, but my dad came to me one time with a cheese-making book, and at that point, he still owned Blossom. I was just her caretaker, but like I said, I was in love with her. So my dad handed me this cheese-making book, and he said, if you promise to make cheese for the family, I will give you Blossom to keep. And I mean, what are you going to say with that, right? Of course, yes, (laughs) I will do that. Blossom is a Jersey cross, and I decided that I wanted a purebred Jersey. So I got in contact with Jersey Canada. Uh, Russell Gammon at the time, the general manager, put me in touch with an older farmer that lived near us who has raised jerseys for almost his entire life. He became an awesome mentor to me. I got two different cows from him over the years. So I have my original cow family and then the two from my mentor and good friend Don Hendrickson. It was about 2012 when people started asking me if I would teach cheese-making classes. And I was like, no one's going to take a cheese-making class. And I decided, you know what? People keep asking me, I'm going to teach a class, and it sold out. And people were asking for more. So that was my start into cheese-making classes to other people. Five years ago, I had this amazing opportunity. I wanted to grow my herd a little bit, but in Canada, you can't sell milk without quota, and it's very expensive to buy. So I was looking for a dairy farm where I could work and bring my cows with me, and I was presented with this amazing opportunity. My hay farmer connected me with a small dairy farmer in my area. They milked their own cows. They did their own cheese processing, and I worked for them for about 18 months when they closed down. 2015 was my first entry into the dairy industry, and a great learning experience. I was 
in my mid-20s at the time and managing a dairy farm, and I learned so much. And the, the support that I received was amazing, and it really helped get me to where I am today. That's very cool. So, and in that time frame, you also got married. Tell us about your loving husband. I did. It's funny because I was very happy being single, and I always told people I was never going to get married. I figured if I did, I mean, what are the chances of finding another farmer, let alone a dairy farmer? And I was house-sitting for a friend over Christmas, a little bit bored, being away from my family. And another friend of mine had encouraged me, she was bugging me to go on eHarmony, so I did. And a few days later, this young man contacted me, and we set up a coffee date, and we talked about cows for three hours straight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Started officially dating a few weeks later, and then they got engaged January 2018. He proposed to me in front of my jerseys. I couldn't have asked for a better proposal. And we got married September of 2018. That's awesome. I also met Mr. Wildrose Farmer online in case anybody ever missed that story. So (laughs) I feel like you can find some quality farmers on the internet if anybody's wondering or looking. (laughs) I think so. But the funny thing is he was on for almost a year and he wasn't planning on renewing because he hadn't found anybody. And I was just on a trial because there was a free messaging thing that they had and I was just going to do it to humor my friends. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That I met my husband. There you go. See, it does work. It does. does. (laughs) So your husband was a dairy farmer. And what kind of cows does your husband milk? (laughs) He is a third generation Holstein dairy farmer. So he milks the black and white cows. I always joke and say that I brought a little splash of color to their very black and white herd. (laughs) (laughs) So we need to address the elephant in the room then here. What is it like being married to a Holstein farmer when you are so much in love with Jersey cows? There's definitely that friendly rivalry between breeds, which I was well aware of prior to even meeting him. Most of the time, it's, it's definitely friendly. I love him because he actually sees the benefits of that jerseys bring. Like every breed has their pros and their cons, and, and there are certain things that they can bring to the table. Like for Holsteins, they have lots of milk. Jerseys are smaller. They have higher butter fat. And personally, I believe that the beauty of having all these different dairy breeds is that each one has different things that they can bring to the farm and benefit the farm. Before I met my husband, then I had planned on going to the Jersey Canada AGM in the Maritimes and we started dating between when I booked my flight and when I went. And I still remember we were sitting in the barn office talking and my husband was there, my father-in-law and the neighbor who milks for us. And my husband was laughing and saying, there's one thing I can tell you, there will never be a Jersey on this farm. I was like devastated because <laughs> I was like, do I get rid of my jerseys, but I can't imagine getting rid of my jerseys for a guy, especially one that I hadn't been dating that long. And when I went back to the Maritimes, my husband didn't know this at the time. I was actually thinking like, okay, do I break up with him? Do I keep dating him? (laughs) So obviously we worked everything out because we're happily married for almost two years now. That's amazing. Yeah. No, you cannot give up your jersey cows for a guy. That would be asinine. (laughs) 
Oh, that's so great. See, it just proves that love prevails and everyone eventually will love Jersey cows, even if they're a Holstein man. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us more about your cheese making venture. So you said you started back in 2012 making cheese? That was when I started teaching cheese making classes. I've been making it for my family for probably about six years or so at that point and experimenting with different recipes and whatnot. So in 2012, I started teaching cheese making classes. We had a second house on our property, so that's where I started out was in this second house and taught there until about 2015 or 2016 Then my family needed that house, and I started going out to other venues. So I've taught in wineries. I've taught at some other farms. There's a local farm where I've been doing some classes starting last year, actually, a dairy farm that has a farm store and a meeting room, so it's awesome because you can see the cows while we're making cheese. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to meet people and just to share my love of cheese making and cows with them. Right. Well, and cheese making, I have to say, is probably like not the most common thing that a young person could be doing in 2020. So I think for you to have these skills is just like a neat skill to have and for you to be able to be teaching others how to do the same. Like, I think that's very cool. It is pretty awesome. I also had, like I mentioned, at the dairy farm that I first worked at as a herd manager, I had the opportunity to work in a cheese plant and making cheese with an award-winning professional cheesemaker. So I learned a lot from that experience. We're still good friends, so I still get to pick her brain when I run into problems. And we worked there for, well, about 18 months, and then we also ended up working together in another local cheese plant that's been around in this area for years. And yeah, making cheese together. And there are some things where you learn better in person than from a book. Like, I mean, maybe not everyone, but a lot of times, like a book, it's hard to describe certain steps. So more than once, we would be making cheese, and I would be like, oh, that's what the book meant when they said this. So it was a a really great learning experience. I thought about doing a program called the Cottage Industry Program. I don't believe it's available anymore in BC, but you could get some cows and some quota and do on-farm cheese processing. And during working for this farm where we did the on-farm cheese processing, I also hauled the milk from the farm to the plant at that time. I got my milk hauler's license. And I learned that I love cheese making. I love cows. But if I have to pick between the two, I'll pick the cows every time. (laughs) Well, I think that's the best part of cheese is knowing it came from the cute cows. (laughs) Exactly. Would you like to learn how to make cheese? How about learning how to make cheese at home with the modern milkmaid? Naomi D. Ryder is from Birdsong Farm in Armstrong, BC, where she dairy farms with her husband, Ben, and his family. When she was 14, Naomi got her first Jersey cow named Blossom and began making cheese, yogurt, butter, and ice cream for her family. No recipe was off limits to try, and luckily she has five brothers and three sisters who ate all of her worst mistakes. Naomi spent two years working in a cheese plant with an award-winning cheesemaker and has been teaching classes for eight years. She is releasing her first virtual cheesemaking class this month. As her student, you will receive lifetime access to a detailed pre-recorded video that will guide you step-by-step in making mozzarella cheese at home. 
Kits are also available and include detailed instructions and all ingredients that you need, except for the milk and salt, to make up the eight batches of fresh mozzarella cheese. Yummy! If you'd like to learn how to make cheese with Naomi, the modern milkmaid, head to today's show notes for the link to naomisbirdsongfarm.ca. Listeners of the Roll Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. Happy cheese making! So for somebody, let's say, that is interested in starting to make cheese, what is some of like the basic tips that you would give somebody who's interested in doing this? Milk is huge. You need really good quality milk to get a good quality cheese. Sort of basic, probably. Unfortunately, unless you have a cow in your backyard, you probably don't have access to milk that's unpasteurized. So if you're buying milk from the store, it can be a little bit harder to find that quality of milk that you need for successful cheese making. The best milk is milk that has been pasteurized at a lower temperature and is not homogenized. So I'll often recommend for people that they buy milk from local dairy farms that do their own on-farm processing because a lot of times they will not do the homogenization step. Or they'll have the what's called standard milk, the pasteurized but non-homogenized milk available for purchase. Very cool. So, and you also offer your cheese making courses online. So tell us more about those and how, if somebody was interested, how they could get involved with that. Yes. So I have been actually thinking about teaching cheese making courses online for a while. I get people asking me from across Canada, some people from the United States saying, you should come here and teach a class. Unfortunately, leaving the farm isn't always easy, especially when you're working with cows that need milking twice a day. So I thought about teaching online classes for a while, and I put it on my, you know, my list of goals for 2020. And then with the coronavirus, it got bumped up a little bit, pushed me outside of my comfort zone a smidge, and I taught my first online cheesemaking class. It was just a free class to give me some experience with the technology and see how many people were interested in taking an online class. My first paid class is going to be released in June. And it's going to be mozzarella, which a lot of people, when they start making cheese, they want to make mozzarella. It can be a very finicky cheese to make with a low success rate, especially if you're new to cheese making and don't know how to read the curds. (laughs) Right. And well, like you said, learning from a book is so completely different than having a teacher either standing right beside you or having a live person in front of you teaching how to make the cheese. So that's very cool. And I'm sure it's going to be very helpful for the new cheesemakers of the world. I hope so. That's very cool. So what kind of cheese did you make in your first online class? The first cheese that I made was, it's called queso blanco. So it's from, I believe, Mexico. And it's a really basic cheese where you heat the milk up to a fairly high temperature, about 180 degrees Fahrenheit. And then you add vinegar to it to coagulate the milk. So it's called an acid coagulated cheese. It is actually one of my family's favorite cheeses because it is so easy to make. My mom would make it all the time. If we had a ton of milk that we needed to use up, then she would just throw a few gallons of milk in the pot, heat it up, add the vinegar, and then we would drain the cheese. It's another great cheese because it doesn't melt. So our favorite way to eat it is we would cut it into strips, drizzle a little bit of olive oil over it, and put a bit of salt on it and put it in the oven and bake it until it was crispy, just slightly browned and crispy on the outside. And it is so good. 
That sounds delicious, and my mouth is currently watering. <laughs> well, if you ever come for a visit, we'll have to make some queso blanco. <laughs> yes, I would love to come for a visit. You live in one of the most beautiful parts of the country that I have been to, so it is lovely out on the coast. Yeah, it is gorgeous here, and I couldn't ask to live in a better area. <laughs> for sure. So you mentioned before, we are in a time of uncertainty in a lot of different areas due to COVID-19 and whatnot. What kind of advice or words of encouragement would you like to give your fellow dairy producers at this time? What always comes to my mind going through any difficulties or hard times, whether it's, you know, your crops get rained on or you can't get out into your fields of plant, is that as farmers, we're very resilient people and we will get through this. It might be hard, but, you know, farmers support each other and and we just keep going through, hoping that the next year is better. And that's always what gets me through. And from a lot of the farmers that I've talked to, it's the same thing. It's that eternal hope, knowing that there is something better. Life's a little bit easier, hopefully, on the other side of whatever difficulty we're facing right now. Absolutely. And I think during this time, it's started to raise a lot of questions about how we produce food and how that food gets distributed. So my hope is that as bad as it is right now, and as bad as it has been, I'm hoping that there's going to be some new resolutions to the problems that we've had in the past and come up with new ideas just to make it better. Mm-hmm. No, the farmers are resilient, but oftentimes food systems outside of the farms aren't quite so resilient. So hopefully things will change a little bit and be better able to adapt to sudden changes in what's happening in the world around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Naomi, it has been so wonderful chatting with you this morning, and I'm so excited to celebrate Dairy Month with you, my fellow Canadian producer. What is the most rewarding part for you of being a farmer? There are so many things I love about farming. It's hard to choose just one. I work on my husband's farm now, and this is something I found working with my jerseys and also with our husband's family's Holsteins. And I love the calves, seeing the calves being born, raising them up to be, you know, strong, healthy cows. And then now there's cows coming in, they're having their first calves, and I helped raise them. And it's just really exciting to see that circle of life and it just brings me great joy to see those newborn calves and then them becoming mothers themselves. Absolutely. It's the circle of life. I feel like it is. We could play the song from the Lion King right now and it would be <laughs> <laughs> it would just be, you know, perfect. Be perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Naomi, for my listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? So I have a website. It's naomisbirdsongfarm.ca. And I have information about my cheesemaking classes there, as well as and information about the cows that I have, my beautiful jerseys. And I'm also on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Naomi's Birdsong Farm. And I share fairly regularly there um, different pictures and stories about life on a dairy farm. Awesome. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you and learn how to make cheese. She's making is awesome. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again so much for sharing your story today on the Rural Woman Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for interviewing me. I've really enjoyed being here and sharing my story with other female farmers. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. 
For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.